0: fans, welcome to the Parasol Podcast on a Thursday. It's game week. We're going to be talking some USC opener against San Jose State. I got Keely Your follow on Twitter at Keely is my name, sitting right next to me here in the studio. She looks excited. There's some football this weekend. Hello, hello. You excited?
1: I'm very excited. It's game week, right?
0: Game week. We're doing it a little different. We'll figure. We got to figure all the whole schedule thing out. But we are recording <laughs> on Thursday afternoon. In a few hours, we're going to do our live show on Tunnel Vision uh, later this evening. We got special guest Sua Cravens that's going to be coming on the show. Ta-da. So we'll put that up as a podcast as well, probably a little, probably on Friday this week. But. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get back into the swing of things like, hey, what do we do on game week? Because it's been a while.
1: It's been a while since we've been able to go to practice on a game week Yeah, and so, do the whole shebang.
0: So we're doing the whole shebang, and part of the shebang is the Keely and Ryan show, which we're going to keep rolling on with. Ta-da! We had a fun time this week. Jeff Fellenser, we got to speak to his oh, yeah, yeah, sports yeah. business class. That was fun. Yeah, shout out to, to, to sports...
1: Fellenser. I think it was Intro to Sports Media. Intro to
0: Sports Media, yeah. Um, does a great job. But yeah, me and Keely were up there. Great professor. Molding young minds out there, which scary i know yeah, I say, that's scary <laughs> but we did it we, I, think they, I think they liked it so uh but anyway if you have any questions or comments for our show so we're gonna do a harvey hyde show for sure we're gonna do a keely your show just let us know in the subject or whatever hey this is for ryan's for keely for coach whatever it is you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com or you could call or te- text us at 424-254-9141 we got a couple of voicemails i don't know if we have any texts this week but uh, yeah, you can leave us a voicemail. Try to keep it brief, and we appreciate those and texts as well. Any way you want to get a hold of us, but the best way. And now we're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy a little bit. Apple podcasting, you know, the Apple podcasting app. If you got an iPhone, you got an iPad, pull that up that Apple Podcast app and leave us a five star review, a rating, and a, any kind of review. Um, the five stars thing really helps it out because when the more five stars are out there. More people are going to find the show, and it's yeah. just a way to uh, help grow. So that's why we asked for it. So apologize. But we're going to give you something now because we asked for this. Like We weren't just asking for free. We're like, hey, the best review every week. We're going to give you a gift card to Trader Joe's. 50 bucks. Free money. 50
1: buckaroos. Just for
0: leaving a stupid little review for us. That's all we asked. Fit, <laughs> and and uh, so we got a whole bunch of reviews. We got a whole bunch. Yeah. So Trader it's Joe's crazy. gift cards are very popular. Makes um, sense. Yeah, which I I love going to Trader Joe's. So. Yeah,
1: shots to TJs.
0: So yeah, th- they've been an awesome sponsor for us. So thank you, uh, TJs. And if you know some of the tailgating situation is definitely different over yeah. it on campus, but if you rent one of those tailgate spaces at the Coliseum because you can't get stuff on the uh, uh, on campus, you can always go over to Trader Joe's there at the University Village and pick up some stuff on your way over. So I think that's a, still a great option. And you know, if you're going to watch the game at home. So many cool snacks. So many I mean, good snacks. Like snack just, City, USA. You don't even need to eat a meal. Just like snack the hell out of the Trader Joe's, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's College Football's College Football back, so treat yourself.
0: You know those those aisles where they have like the, the the frozen, there's like the ice creams, like frozen food, but then there's also like the chocolate covered, uh, the, the peanut butter. The like,
1: the like, it's frozen and then above it is all the- There's oh, still sweet stuff. It's crazy. It's like
0: different sweet, but sweet stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love yep. doing that stuff. Well, why don't we jump in and uh, this is our first uh, choice to you know the first time we're gonna pick a, a review.
1: I feel like we need dramatic music. Dun, dun, <laughs> so I'm reading all of the reviews, correct? Uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bear with me I'm here, gonna people. Go, I'm gonna take a nap. Yeah, no, I'm just you gonna, can no, go. We gotta pay
0: attention because we gotta get a winner.
1: Exactly. Okay. First one is five stars from BKM32, who says life saving. I had been confused and thought USC was a middle-of-the-road football program. Even considered checking out Chip Kelly in UCLA. Then I came across the Parastyle podcast and was made brand new. I came to the truth... Uh, Through through the amazing, unbiased, supremely talented, and second-to-none reporting in this once-in-a-generation podcast, I came to my senses and lost any interest in the powder blues. And to hear that Trader Joe's is a friend of the show, unbelievable. Best partnership since Big Mike Williams and robo-quarterback Carson Palmer. Since Charles White and Marcus Allen. Since the ruins took ownership to become ruins. No greater football program in history than USC. Viva Trader Joe's. Viva the Parastyle Podcast. Life-changing.
0: Wow. We got a little pandering going on. There. Oh yeah, yeah. But I like it. We're, we're good with that. See the, sure. the podcast of champions, we ask people to basically insult us. So we're like, "Yeah, leave us a five-star review, but then write something that sounds like you left a one-star review." That's what we that's what we're like our, We
1: have one of those, right? That's our sweet spot.
0: <laughs> but that's more of the the, the 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 Parasol podcast. It's more like more but, positive. No, a little a
1: little yeah. Now, that was a little, like,
0: they're a little blowing a little, you know, whatever, smoke up <laughs> us, but that's okay. Yeah. Big Cam, you're in the running.
1: Uh, we have a five-star review from Darth Adrian, who says, good analysis and hosts. Due to me not being near the campus in my busy work and life schedule, I'm not able to keep up with the news as I used to when I was younger. The hosts do a great job at keeping the fans informed, and they, have very good, uh, they are very good at taking calls with shows Uh, They really want fan participation. Hosts are very likable and knowledgeable and allow me to seem smarter than my friends when discussing the team with a little uh, crying laughing emoji. The online subscription is very good info as well. They got stuff they know would be interesting to the fans. Overall, they're a great trio. Chris is great, too, uh, who deliver Trojan football news. Nice. I think that's
0: more directed towards you guys, the Family Feud one, but I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah. It's a trio.
1: He said including Chris. I don't know.
0: Oh, so maybe maybe it's like you. Yeah, he did just he said host a bunch of times, but maybe me, you, and Coach Hyde. Like maybe yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But well, yeah, it's a good one. Thank I like you. The, you know, thank you, Darth. Plug in the, the VIP access. Too, yeah, so
1: like it. these people are, are trying all angles for this smart, gift card. It's yeah. very smart. We got a five star review from uh, Fight the F on thirty three, uh, the podcast for USC football. I can't believe I'm actually writing a review for this show, but I was enticed by a fifty dollars <laughs> Trader Joe's gift card and couldn't help myself. The show itself is so informational, I can almost smell the grass at the collie. I've never actually smelled the grass there, and it could be freshly mowed grass I'm walking past as I type this and walk my dog, but semantics. (laughs) Ryan and Keely do a fantastic job providing detailed info on USC football, but also take the time to answer the ridiculous questions of USC fans from all over the country, many of of which who ask the same question every week (laughs) expecting a different answer. (laughs) While Ryan may scoff at the nonsensical nature of some, both him and Keely proved that they are their willingness to answer said questions as well as a deep understanding of the ins and outs of USC football and what's going on at Heritage Hall. I recommend this show to anyone who has even the most casual interest of USC football. I especially recommend this to those who love a show sponsored by Trader Joe's. Look at that.
0: Awesome. Uh, Okay, so we might have to rethink this because these reviews tend to be a little longer than our yeah, some of them.
1: I tried to warn you, but you told me. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, well, we'll we'll do them this week, but th- I think next week we might have to, depending on how many we get, we'll read like we'll the top couple. Show we'll or we'll, yeah.
1: we'll narrow it down.
0: That would talk. That would be prep, in which I'm a big prep which person. You... Keely is not.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure, Ryan. Uh, we got a five star review from Will Crook, uh, who said, great Clay should listen in." That was the review. So I like that. Yeah, that's a little shorter review there. Yeah. Um. We have Nevada second Nevada two th Doc. Sometimes don't, these names I don't know how to run, yeah. pronounce. I'm sorry. Five stars. Parastyle Podcast is the go to. Ryan Keeley Shotgun and the Gang are my go to for the best and most accurate analysis and breakdown of Trojan football. I have been listening for years. This Trojan Athletic Fund committee member appreciates what you bring and add to my love of USC and Ryan. What will you do when Keely gets snatched up by the big boys like Fox or ESPN?
0: Hey, okay. First of all, he doesn't win. I think he wins. No, he doesn't win for just even mentioning that. I think he wins. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Dude, come on, man. Keely doesn't know that she's good. Like... (laughs) I, that's why I try to keep her down so she doesn't like you. Know. Well,
1: well, don't worry. We have another podcast. We have another review that will kind of even me out. To be fair, in, the, in
0: Jeff Fellinger's class, I told everyone how good you were, right? Like it's first I time was, I heard
1: it. So that was really? at least nice. Yeah. yeah. I always get the phrase when you're talking to other people. It took like six years or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, it did. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> uh, we got a five star review from Eddie uh, who said, Love Ryan, shotgun the coach. And, and then it cut off. So I don't know who else he loves. Probably Chris. Uh, but then he, the review itself says, I could do less with Keely. So it's fine, Eddie. Sometimes nice. I could do less with myself as did we well. We get
0: the Trojan horse podcast forum one other oh, what there's another one too like the cp13 did you miss that one
1: oh i did i oh, will okay i will come back to okay, it okay yeah I no would, problem i'm going around right but less
0: keely so that's i eddie's like, i was
1: putting it back to back
0: yeah I like for oh, me, i'm sorry yes. hate
1: for me you yeah. know gotta even it out uh, we have CP13 who left a five-star review that says Trojan horse in podcast form. Love the show from the outside. It's just a USC football podcast, but from the inside, the men and women of Troy bring their decades of insider knowledge and in-depth reporting to your ear holes. Thanks for keeping us up to date with players, coaches, AD, and Pac-12 happenings. Can't wait for the season to be here. Looking forward to being back in the Coliseum and out of underground Trader Joe's USC Village parking where I've been hiding since the last in-person game, the 2019 Holiday Bowl. Fight on nice that's a fun one that's a
0: contender yeah. that's a
1: good one uh california kid 323 uh left five star reviews and said great podcast fight on thanks ryan and your all your staff for all that you do for us trojan fans adding to my review harvey hyde is over the hill and he's totally out of touch with today's game please don't take anything he says seriously <laughs> nice probably won't win <laughs> yeah the
0: podcast of champions you would be like it's that, the best insult for us would be winning, but okay. not, not here. Okay. Yeah. That's, I we didn't a know a that state was state. in there
1: and I kept writing it, uh, reading it. No, that's it, so, okay. <laughs> okay. That's good. And then we have one last one from Nishi Danny, who says, Five stars, amazing USC football podcast. This is such a fantastic podcast for USC football analysis and for getting a free Trader Joe's gift card. Ryan Keeley and the Parasol crew provide such great insight about the team and will even give out a free Trader Joe's gift card if you leave a review. But seriously, this is a top-tier podcast that every USC fan should listen to, and I'll take my free Trader Joe's gift card now.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think – so – i kind of like the cp13 trojan horse and podcast forum okay uh the bkm32 life-saving that's a real good one yeah um there's some other good ones in there too i know what what did you have any initial thoughts like what is no
1: because i was reading so much but yes
0: um i mean the go-to podcast nevada that's a weird name um
1: hey but he said that i'm great so (laughs) that's true (laughs) he's my my vote
0: You want to go? No,
1: no. Uh, uh, this is what happens, Ryan, when you don't want to do free pod prep. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, I like Fight the F on 33. That's true. That like one that, was a good one.
0: That's when he. Yeah. It
1: was It was funny. It was good.
0: Yeah. I liked. Uh, let's go with that one. Okay. Okay. Congrats. So, Fight yeah. the F F-T-F-O on. F-T-F-O 33. Um, email us. podcast at com. We'll send you a free Trader Joe's Ta-da. gift card. But now, thank those, you, everyone. Yeah, for your thank reviews. you so much. And uh they're awesome. It's hard we, choosing one. And I have those bags. Uh so if we have they're local, I can get you a bag. But those are hard to send. That's the only problem. Why?
1: because they cuz then I got, so a, I got a whole
0: big envelope and like, you know, go oh, to the, like I can't just put a stamp on it and I have to like go to the post it office. It requires and... effort is what you're saying. A lot more effort. <laughs> this already requires effort. <laughs> okay. I do all the, I do this for two podcasts now, but, yeah, this but okay. Is good. okay, But this was awesome. Thank you so much everyone yeah, for doing that. And we will not read every if yeah. there's like nine reviews, we won't do that again. <laughs>
1: Sorry though. This is probably the longest intro ever.
0: Yeah. Uh where were we? Nice. Uh we got some so we got some uh breaking news
1: breaking news yeah
0: so one of the advantages of doing this on a thursday afternoon post depth chart release
1: yeah which is nice
0: uh yeah so the depth chart is out and there's some
1: earlier than we expected right? yeah i
0: thought we'd get it friday but then i was here on thursday too and i wasn't oh. like oh my god there's just all kind of it came thursday <laughs> I was, you know, editing some video, and then it's like boom, and I was like, started tweeting, and I tweeted like.
1: I was driving, and I was like trying to get. The- <laughs> to yeah, get I tweeted
0: some like typos. While I was tweeting out fast and stuff, but uh, we'll go through it real quick. Keely just talked a lot, so I'll do this part. Um, Keaton Slovis is going to be your starting quarterback, just to let everyone Shocking. know. Yeah, it's just if you didn't know that, but we knew Jackson Dart be the backup. Miller Moss. So running backs, we thought it would be a one-two thing. Vavai Malpey and Ke- uh, Keontae Ingram are going to be the two starters They're Ord. Um, and then it's Barlow and Kristen. After that, and then Brandon Campbell, the the freshman. So Barlow's still a game time decision, but we thought we'd see those two, and that's what it looks like. Now they list twelve starters, but there's uh, basically five different kind of receiver positions. Um, you know, you have the X and the in the Z. They're the outside guys. Drake London is going to be your X, um, and Taj Washington will be your Z. Kyle Ford's going to back up London, and Katie Nixon's going to back up. Uh, Washington you also have uh, Kyron Ware Hudson uh, and Michael Jackson in there at third string now surprise at the A which we were kind of discussing this beforehand should it's a slot receiver but it's more of like the receiver receiver slot my my understanding Um, and you got Joseph Manjack true freshman Uh, he's starting there John Jackson the third the only returning USC player with a catch outside of Drake London for the Trojans, as the Shotgun pointed out. He's the backup to Joseph Manjack. So Manjack was awesome. Uh, But then the Y, which is more of the, like, when the tight end is a receiver. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Epps, who we haven't seen much of, but...
1: Turf Toe, yeah.
0: Yeah, he apparently is okay. And then Michael Trigg, who we've seen a lot of. Yeah. He's his backup there. So two big guys there. And then the more traditional, um, the H spot, is Eric Crumenhoek or Jude Wolf. So that's more of, like... They kind of like line up as a fullback. It's more of a blocking kind of role. But no uh, Josh Fallow.
1: Yeah, this is a two-deep, which is a little odd. We have seen Josh follow in practice and participate, but the fact that he's not listed and Sean Mahoney is listed and he's a walk-on, I believe, uh, is interesting. It's definitely a little eyebrow-raising, for sure.
0: Yeah, and they have Mahoney against uh, ahead of Lake McCree and Ethan Ray. For whatever reason, they got five H-backs listed. I so.
1: mean, Mahoney has done well in practice, so it's not one of those things where like this is a fluke, but it is interesting considering that he is above scholarship players. Is he 86?
0: Is that? He's uh, 89, I believe. 89, okay, yeah. I was like... Dude, I think 86 is a different walk-out. Um, all right, and then on the offensive line, there was the big battle for left tackle, but Cortland Ford will start. Mason Murphy backing him up. Uh, a couple freshmen there. Andrew, but, you know, Ford's second year. Uh, Andrew Voorhees starting left guard with Dietrich backing him up. Uh, Brett Nealon is the starting center with Andrew Millick backing him up. But if there was a problem with um Neilon, we assume didich if yeah. he's not playing guard would move over there
1: and we saw that this week in practice yeah during the scout team i think Brett lawn had like a helmet issue he came out yeah. during first team and then uh, Justin didich switched over to first team center
0: yeah so it's not like just the next guy up it's like there's really just like there's like a sixth or seventh guy yeah uh right guard liam jimmons mm-hmm. uh backed up by liam douglas he, douglas you got two uh the
1: liam's, liams there holding down the right guard and then a
0: right at right tackle Jonah Monheim wins that spot. That means Jalen McKenzie on the outside looking in after years of starting is not going to be there. Now, I think tackle spot, he would be the first guy in. If something happened to Monheim, obviously McKenzie goes in. If something happens to Ford, I think Monheim moves over and McKenzie comes in. So he would be the first tackle off the bench, but not starting now.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting is, I mean, we've basically seen this first team offensive line the last like two and a half weeks I would say yeah Uh, so this was kind of it wasn't a surprise and (laughs) this week in practice it was a little bit of the elephant in the room because we knew that the two deep was coming out but we were talking to coaches and trying to get around it and so I was talking to Clay McGuire about the offensive line and I was like it looks like we're seeing two younger guys at the tackles what do you tell a redshirt senior when he's not starting like how do you manage that kind of dynamic and he was saying well it's not written in stone it's in pencil just because you're starting week one doesn't mean that that's set for the rest of the season so he was saying like it's it's coaching cliche but he was just telling me like it's still a competition every week and you just got to keep guys engaged to make sure that they don't just check out if that makes sense so yeah it I I think it'll be interesting to watch because Jalen McKenzie, I think, anticipated that he would just be the starter. Which, in previous seasons, the guy with the most veteran experience would probably be that. So I do think it's interesting that uh, they went with who they thought was best over seniority.
0: Yeah, and it's it's tough because you you still have a chance. Like Jalen McKenzie can still play, but it's sort of out of your hands now. Like it's not like you have like a great practice, and they're like, oh, we're going to bump you up. You almost need the guy in front of you to just suck a little bit.
1: Yeah, especially when it comes to offensive line. Like If you're not getting the job done, I think that's when you will start to see like maybe a rotation or whatnot. Yeah, and then maybe
0: they do. I mean, they could rotate some guys. I I don't know.
1: I mean, also, it's just really hard for offensive linemen to stay healthy the entire season. So the fact that we'll probably see something change just because health is an issue usually.
0: Yeah. All right, well, let's go to the defense. Before we do, sorry, Ryan. No, go right ahead. I
1: just thought it was interesting. I thought Michael Jackson would be up higher. Sure. I I thought that he might be even listed as a starter because we've seen that. We've seen starting lineups of Drake, London, Joseph Manjack, and Michael Jackson. So I was a little surprised that not only is he not a starter, he's listed as the third Z receiver. That, to me, was a little odd.
0: That is strange because we've seen him do some great things in uh, practice. he's uh, you know Jackson Dart talks about him a lot. They're roommates, right? Um,
1: I mean, and I talked to Michael Jackson this weekend. He was kind of talking like he was expecting to be the starter. So I do think it's interesting. I don't know. There, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there. But, I mean, what we've seen sometimes is this depth chart comes out, but then suddenly a guy jumps over another guy in game because something comes up or there's some type of reason. So I don't know how much this is for sure set in stone. But other than that, no real surprises. I think it's also worth mentioning that they definitely are designating a difference between the receiving more athletic tight ends with Malcolm Epps and Michael Trigg, that wide position versus, you know, the, the more blocking tight ends, like what we've seen from Eric Cromanhook. Jude Wolf. I'm curious. I think he's a guy who could be a wide receiver, maybe, but he does have a bigger body. So yeah. not sure about that. But the fact that Malcolm Epps is listed above Michael Trigg, a little odd, just considering that turf toe was kept him out for most of fall camp. And a turf, lot, Yeah. Turf toe is hard to come back from, especially if you're a tight end and you're making those cuts. So, I'm curious about that.
0: There's more curious stuff on the offensive side for sure yes. than anything yes. else. Yeah. Um, and we don't know if there's going to be more of a rotation because there isn't any proven receiver out there. Right. Yeah. Like that's the of biggest takeaway. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got got like Taj Washington transferred. He was a stud when he was a freshman at Memphis. You know, um, Katie Nixon's done it forever. Yeah. So we'll see, um, you know, what they end up doing. Uh, and
1: and consistency was an issue across the board for USC's receivers i think in fall camp and so maybe it just comes down to when the lights come on who is going to make that catch who's going to be the most consistent and maybe the the depth chart goes out the window you know
0: yeah i would say there's a lot of opportunities for all these wide receivers and if you do get a rep or you know you get a series or whatever and it's like you know, Man-jack, I thought that would be like a great stop for Manjack. He comes in in like the third series and makes a great play. Well, he's going to start, so you don't have yeah. to worry about that now. <laughs> that was- but if it's, you know, if it is Michael Jackson and he makes a great play, you know, and we don't know, you know, if any of these guys are going to be performing when, uh, you know, it's real. So
1: yeah, and and we've heard, you know, Graham Harrell talk a lot about rotation and how he can be more creative with the weapons that they have. I feel like this is the year that if we're gonna see it, we're gonna see it because there's no one really. Right. There's no proven, like. Yeah, there's no proven guy who's like, yeah, you don't wanna sub him out. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm curious to see how this all shakes out. We shall see.
0: Yeah, so they had like this hierarchy before. There was like the the OGs of receiving, and it was like, they don't wanna come off the field. Like, now it's all like just a hodgepodge of like inexperienced guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Everyone's kind of at the same starting point. Outside of Drake London. And the interesting thing is a lot of teams are going to want to try and take away Drake London. So whoever is going to be that second, third receiving option, they're going to have a big chance to shine. Because if you can't go to Drake London, they're going to go to you.
0: 100%. All right. Go to defense now. Yes. Uh, So they start off with the linebackers. So you have the the B-backer, the Mac, and the Rover. So the Mac (laughs) and the Rover are essentially like... The, like the backs, like the middle, and the and the rover's like the other inside guy. Yeah. Uh, so Kanai Malgas, the list is the starter there. Um,
1: Not surprised by that.
0: No, but and and Goforth and or Raymond Scott in the rover. So I think it's going to be those three guys just playing in the middle. Mostly.
1: I think yeah, I think it's going to be a three man rotation. I think we've talked about that in previous podcasts, at least for the beginning. I know that Todd Lando really likes certain things he can get from Raylan Goforth, certain things he can get from Raymond Scott, and I think it'll be. Who really shows out in that position? I just think it's really interesting that Raymond Scott was able to kind of wiggle his way into that. We assumed that it was going to be Kanai Mauga and Raylan Goforth, considering they had the most experience in 2020 in Orlando's system. So the fact that Raymond Scott, after going to safety, coming back, is able to now be listed as a starting or, I think, is a big testament to him and what he could potentially do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think we'll see those three guys all play. Yeah. We might see to a CV Nomura. he's going to back up Malga. Um, Julian Simons, the third string guy and Rajon Davis is after those other two guys. So we might see some of those more. And
1: they yeah. really like Rajon Davis. I yeah. mean, Orlando said that not only does Corey Foreman need to play in 2021, but Rajon Davis does. And he was saying just for the fact that they can raise his IQ level and his experience so that, you know, that he was saying like by week, uh, six, the light really turns on for guys and they want to invest in Rashion Davis so that he's a guy who has that that development even in his first year as a true freshman.
0: Yeah. Uh the B backer um that's the kind of like the edge rusher guy. Yeah. Uh so there's a guy Drake Jackson you might have heard of him. He's going to start. I do
1: think I've heard of him, yes. Yeah. He's yes. A, he's
0: starting. But uh we've seen the the same three guys Drake Jackson, Hunter Eccles and uh, Juliano Giuliano um all playing there so
1: yeah I'm not surprised by that and I think everyone at that B backer position can contribute like I have like what I've seen from Hunter Echols Juliana Falanico is kind of a sleeper guy in my opinion I think when he's been healthy he's been able to contribute for sure whether or not he stays healthy we'll, we'll see but I think I'm I'm confident in USC's be backer like they they have a good spot there
0: yeah uh look in the middle of the defensive line uh Tuli Peloto will be the starting defensive tackle Backed up by Jacob Lichtenstein. We saw him, Jacob, a little bit uh, in some of the first-team stuff before. Mm -hmm. And nose tackle. So they have basically three guys. You know, Stanley,
1: Taofu. Taofu.
0: Taofu. And I always get his name wrong. Jamar Sakona or Kobe Pepe, which is a little surprising. I thought it would be between the first two. not That extra or is a little little different, I guess. Yes
1: and no. I think the fact that Stanley is listed as the presumed starter is, I think, a testament to what he was able to do with the opportunity he was given in fall camp because J- Jamar Sakona was kind of the guy we had penciled in for that starting nose tackle spot, but he was out for COVID and uh, health and safety protocols. So Stanley really took the, the reins by the, the horn. That's I'm combining my, the
0: horns by the reins. Yeah. I
1: guess. <laughs> something like that. Um, and, and Vic Soto talked about it as much uh, yesterday in practice. And he was saying Stanley has really worked his way to a point where the defensive staff can trust him. And I don't think that's something we could say in spring for Stanley. So that's uh, props to him for taking advantage of the opportunity he was given. Um, and then defensive end, Nick Figueroa, we expected that. I mean, the the defensive end t- tackle and nose tackle, that's not really a surprise for me. Is it for you, Ryan? Uh,
0: no, no. I think that's all, it all, you know, makes sense as far as like what we saw out there in practice and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, defensive end, you know, with Nick Figueroa, he's just, He's going to be someone that gets a lot of stats this year, I think. You know?
1: Yeah, he's been really underrated. Um, so I think the fact that they really value him, not only for what he can do on the field, but off the field. like He's a, a true leader, I've heard, in that defensive line room. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think that they really value what he can bring to the table.
0: Yeah, Corey Foreman will back him up, and then Dijon Benton, uh behind him. I thought Dijon would be more inside, but... You know, yeah,
1: I did too. I mean, and then Corey, I think, is just going to be very situational at this point. Yeah. I don't think that they are confident enough that he can be an every-down guy right now.
0: I think, uh, I mean, Clay Helton said, like, you know, they love him on third downs just so he can just go after the yeah, quarterback. And when I talked to him, it was like, playbook, 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 learn the playbook. So you um, will probably just kind of ease him in as a third-down guy Yeah, and get after him. And then the secondary, uh, really deep, uh, really experienced across the board. Um, the two corners are Chris Steele. And Isaac Taylor Stewart, uh, you got Jaden Williams backing up steel with Prophet Brown, and then Josh Jackson and Sierra Wright on the other side. So, I mean, all six of those guys probably could, you know, you wouldn't feel bad if any of them were starting, I think, you know? Yeah, but,
1: no, no, no. I mean, uh, this was kind of the least uh, surprising at all. Yeah. <laughs> we we knew this was going to happen with the, this defensive back group.
0: Yeah, the, you know, you had Greg Johnson at nickel, and then Isaiah Polamow and Chase Williams at safeties, you know. um just it's a it's it's an experienced secondary with really good young players behind them like all that recruiting that Craig Nivar yeah. and Dante Williams <laughs> did like it's all there you know like Anthony Beaver is like stud he's third string you know yeah Chris Thompson the the transfer um,
1: Sierra right you know yeah probably Brown Caleb
0: Kalen Bullock the backup nickel so that's who kind they're of, really high on yeah, yeah they like him he's made some big plays. Yeah. And Cap Jalen Smith makes a big plays. He's the third string nickel. And then uh,
1: I mean, like the defensive back group is kind of the the definition in the book of what you want to do with recruiting and development. Like, yeah, you have a lot of guys, you have veterans, you have young, talented guys that you've personally recruited in your room. And it's kind of just up and up from there. You know, yeah. you don't have real depth issues and you're really confident in the talent that you have.
0: For sure, um, and then you got Xavier and uh, Alfred and Zamarion Gordon, the two backups at free safety. So, uh, but yeah, that's the the defense.
1: That is the defense,
0: and then special teams. You don't have to do too much with this. Parker Lewis as the kicker, Ben Griffiths the punter, Damon Johnson's the snapper, mm-hmm. all experienced. And Ben Griffiths will be the holder as well. Now we know um, Gary Brian Jr. He's got the uh, got the Rona or. Out for Rona protocols or whatever. He
1: actually does not have it. He doesn't but he's have out, it. He's out due to do the health and safety protocols. Yeah. So, so
0: he's, it's he's a little He's out because it. of the, ro- the, ro- the Rona. Sure. So the pun returner guy I got to talk to this week, cool dude, Katie Nixon. Yeah. I like I like my dudes. Like there's certain dudes. <laughs> Your just, dudes. I always liked him when I covered them? him at Colorado. Like when I do the podcast of champions. Like
1: oh, okay. Katie Nixon's
0: just someone I liked, you know. And uh, so it was cool to see him come back. Um, and Michael Jackson, the third, will be his backup there. So we'll see a lot of Katie Nixon. And then he's also going to be the kickoff returner, uh, backed up by Keenan Kristen and Taj Washington. So I thought we would see, like, Michael Jackson maybe as, like, the up guy. At the, I thought,
1: yeah, I thought so, too. For the
0: kickoff return. Maybe he will be. Maybe that's just, like, the deep returner, and, like, yeah. they're going to have a different position. But, yeah, that's the special teams.
1: And I also was wondering where Brandon Campbell is in this, you know?
0: Good point. I'm not sure.
1: Because he got some time, especially in both scrimmages. He was definitely a special teams guy and he's not even listed here. So yeah. curious about that.
0: Now, to be fair, sometimes we see depth charts that
1: do not reflect. I mean, I, I remember speaking of 25, I remember a lot of the times Ronald Jones was listed as a special teams guy, and he was just never even near the special teams, you know. So uh always take depth charts with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, Could we, I mean, sometimes they announce them like before the game, like they, they announce a starter and he doesn't start. And then you look at the, it doesn't even play like that's happened. Yeah. Um, so mm, yeah. Okay uh all right so that's the depth chart what else did we have we had oh
1: we have a game on saturday to cover holy
0: crap (laughs) we gotta like preview the game ryan (laughs) san jose state uh we'll still try i don't know if we're gonna like i usually would get like guest you know writers or whatever that cover the teams where you know we'll see if we do some of that this year Mm -hmm. um but our previews are going to be up on the site so make sure you're checking out usafootball.com. san jose state uh Kind of like USC went undefeated
1: regular season, regular
0: season, but but they went the next step and won the conference. They beat a Boise State team uh, in the Mountain West Championship, and uh, man, really impressive seven and zero. Brett Brennan, a hot coaching name. The fact that he's back at San Jose State's a big deal. Um, I think I was listening to the Reign of Troy people. They're like, yeah, USC's had a tradition of playing like group of five teams that were like really good the year before. Yeah. But then they like had a lot of big fall off, and this is there shouldn't be a lot of fall off here. They lose some receiver, yeah, uh, production. But um, you know, you got your coach back. This was a team that, like Stanford, and they did better than I thought they would. Couldn't practice do fall camp at home. Like they went like 400 miles away to Humboldt to like practice, wow. um, and did really. Really well, which is kind of the reason why I'm picking LSU in the UCLA game because, like, they were practicing away from home. I'm like, that seems to work well for people. Like, <laughs> moving somewhere else, like worked well. A little side note what there. What
1: an odd reasoning, but okay.
0: Well, it's like the people that had to, like, move away, like, were displaced during camp, like, did way better than I thought. And San Jose State is one of those teams, well-coached. Uh, Nick Starkle is a an really interesting story, at quarterback. Um, I mean, he was being recruited – to UCLA when Noel Mazzoni was the offensive coordinator. Noel leaves for Texas A&M, brings Starkle with him. Um Starkle goes to Arkansas, you know, he's played a whole bunch of games in Power 5 and, you know, has put some big numbers up at San Jose State. So, super experienced yeah. quarterback. Um 6th year I think he is. I mean, he's been around a long time. Yeah. Um if you, you know, anyone in the recruiting quarterback world where you do those events like they remember his name from a long time ago. So, he's been doing this Uh, Wow. A couple like, you know, uh, some studs on defense. I mean, there's a really good offensive line with a crap load of starting experience all across the board. It's not a pushover. No team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that might be a misconception among USC fans. It's like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk for USC. And this is a formidable team. I mean, they're well coached. They have a lot of experience. I think we talked to Clay Hilton this morning, and he was saying how they they just gel really well. You're not figuring out – they're not figuring out how to replace guys that were big producers for them on in 2020 so it's it's going to be a formidable test and and you can tell by talking to the players and the coaches they really respect this team I mean Clay McGuire said that this might be the one of the best uh defensive lines they see this season which is saying a lot but um so I mean it's overall USC has more talent like if you just look at the talent composite like they have more talent than San Jose State but given how USC has historically had slower starts in their first game and and kind of have to shake the rust off a little bit, it could be closer to comfort than I think USC fans want it to be if it's not taken, you know, if they're not ready from the first snap to really go and go hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the defensive line. Cade Hall is uh, yeah. the Mountain West player of the year. Was it uh, Valimi, uh, Fahoku? Like, they're two good edge rushers. So you, they have two good edge rushers. USC has two freshman tackles. So, like, you want to look at potential issues like
1: yeah they will be tested for sure
0: that's a potential issue uh tyler nevins is a good running back a bigger guy um but this is not a running team it's more of a passing team for mm-hmm. sure yeah deep shots. um but if if like tyler nevins having success it's probably not going to be good um for usc tight end is pretty good Derek deese jr if you remember that name his dad played offensive lineman for usc in the 90s so that go. was uh and uh we didn't get to see um trayvon sydney play he didn't play in the opener, which makes me believe probably won't play in this one, but who Who knows? knows? So former USC receiver there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good – it's going to be a good test for this defensive line because it is a really experienced offensive line. Yeah. But, you know, the level of talent that – yeah, there's just a talent difference here. Yeah, um, no,
1: Kate Hall is is definitely going to be a challenge. Even though he didn't, he he only played like he didn't qu- do
0: much. He yeah. played
1: one quarter on Saturday against Southern Utah, so I'm curious about that. But talking to Clay McGuire and about that, he was saying he really mimics Nick Figueroa in the way that he plays. And I think overall USC's offensive staff was saying this week, you know, it's nice that yeah we have young players starting for us on offensive line, but they were saying. At least we've been going up against, you know, a Drake Jackson, a Corey Foreman, a Tui, 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 Tui Pelotu. You know, it's, it hasn't been easy for this offensive line. So I think they have been tested. It's just going to be when the, the lights come on, how are they going to play in like a game like situation? We'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see on that. But this is a, I'm, I'm really, I mean, it's the opener. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I'm going to be back on the field. Really excited for that. Yes. Um, and fans. Hopefully. Fan, I don't know why I said hopefully. Fans will be there. Fans will be there. Um, unless something changes within yeah, the next let's 48 hours or something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it will be definitely interesting, I think. And this has kind of been floating around on Twitter and whatnot. But I think the way USC handles this game is kind of just the preview for the season. If it's one of those... They 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 got like two touchdown lead at the very end. You kind of know what season I think USC is set up for. If they actually are able to blow out San Jose State, I think you can then go. Okay, this is there's definitely potential here. There's things that USC can do, but they got to take care of yeah. business. You they don't want to take it. away
0: too much from a game, but I think this you can you're going to take something away from this. If it's a Arizona State type win where like it's close and you have to like come back at the end, or even just like. It's always been a seven-point game. You're sort of hanging on, and have to get like a defensive stop so San Jose State doesn't tie it late. Like that's not a good sign for the season. Well, you know? how
1: many times have we seen the opener and gone, okay, we're seeing the same thing. Like we're yeah. seeing the same thing. Like this, you could have placed this game in any other season under Clay Elton, and it, you could probably be like, oh, it's the same game, you know. So uh, that's what I'm saying. If it's one of those things where we're seeing the same mistakes that I think everyone can identify at this point, I think that is kind of just. I think it'll be very telling.
0: Yeah, Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully we'll see some fans out there. Yeah. Um. Congrats congrats to uh, Cambo Ten on the Peristyle. We did a little
1: oh yeah contest
0: with tailgater concierge, and he won a free twenty person tailgate over at the Coliseum. So crazy. uh, Yeah. So he's trying to get. I think he's doing it for this game, and he's trying to get some members of the Peristyle. Like, if you're not a member, make sure you go over there, VIP member. See the little perks you get. Like, we give away free tailgates. We give away free stuff. Free free gift cards, stuff. tailgates. Um, but, yeah, so congrats to him. He had a great story about going to the San Jose State game back in 2009. Um, he had a picture of his ticket and everything. So that's, nice. a, you know, that's, a, that's a good pull. Like, you know, if you're saving a lot of tickets, I don't know if I'm saving the San Jose State ticket, but it was, uh, yeah, it's good. Nice. He had a good story and everything, too, but you can check that out over on the Peristyle. Okay. Anything else, Keely, before we?
1: Let's to some questions. Yeah, let's
0: do some. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back in a minute and answer questions all right we're back here on the Parastyle podcast It's funny i just uh reordered my sling tv because you know i've i have youtube tv
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't get packed 12 network but Sling, you get it now i'm a little worried because i don't think the usc game is on sling because it's like it might be on the national like sling has all the the regional ones. So I'm I'm hopeful that they'll show it on the LA one, like the USC game. But I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: Hashtag just pack 12 things.
0: Yeah, just pack 12 things. Uh, I, they'll do a replay. So I just want to be able to record it, right? Because I'll be at the game. But I want to be able to record it. But uh, we got the Utah. Uh, who are they playing? Utah's coming up, like Southern Utah or something. Right, no, uh, whoever they're playing. Um, yeah, Utah's going to be uh, starting... Um, week one for the Pac 12 here on Thursday night. Weber State. Yeah, they're playing Weber State. Um, so yeah, we got Arizona State tonight too, I think. Nice. Yeah. So uh some some, some Pac 12 games tonight. We're gonna do our television show too. So we will probably have this on like the whole time. So
1: you'll be uh, distracted? Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: well, we talked about like the running situation. Yes. Do you want me to start with the the, the voicemails Let's Go know? for it. Okay. Let's um yeah, we'll start with this one. Hey, this question's for Keeley and Ryan, and I just want to know, point blank, will we be able to run the football this year? And
1: uh, if yes or no, then just uh, a little bit of a reason why. Right on. Thanks, guys. Jason Longhorn Country. Jason.
0: So he wants something different than last year when USC couldn't run the ball. Basically, like, will things change?
1: I am actually going to go out on a limb and say yes.
0: Mm, Okay. I,
1: I like what they've done with how they kind of it's weird they've kind of revamped the running back room they have new bodies in there I like what we've seen from Keonta Ingram and Darren Barlow when he's healthy I think they add uh, a good little flavor to the running back room and I think USC has realized now that you just can't let Keating Kristen sit on the bench for the whole game I think they've Mm -hmm. been trying to get him involved so we'll see about that but I think the biggest thing too is that I really think Clay McGuire has made an impact with not only the offensive line, but just the communication with Graham Harrell. You know, I asked him about Harrell this week and his face lit up. He was like, we have a great rapport. Like we've worked together for a long time. And he was like, I just speak his language and it just helps. They simplified the calls, the pre-snap calls, because apparently there was a lot of language that everyone had to communicate prior to the snap. And now it's only a couple guys or just one guy communicating prior to the snap. And so apparently that's really helped them. And so I think, just from a coaching standpoint, if you know the system well, I think that helps be an authoritative figure and a teaching figure because you know exactly what Harold wants. You know what's required in this system. Whereas I think maybe Tim Drevno was at a disadvantage because he was also trying to like understand where Harold was coming from and then having to teach it to USC's offensive line. So I think I really do think that it's been a good influence having McGuire there, and I've heard that he's added wrinkles to uh what USC will be able to do in the run game. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes, Jason.
0: Yeah, Jason, I'm gonna agree. And I think um, you know, the the point Keeley brought up is an important one with the Clay McGuire thing. It's not just like you changed offensive line coaches, right? It's really just it's more about like the philosophy of you hired, you know, you had a square peg round hole thing. You know, yeah. and it might have been a great peg. Like that was an awesome peg, you know, but you the peg needed to go into something that was circular, and you tried to put it into something square. And it's like if you're in an office situation or you're, like, working on, you know, an assembly line, you you know, whatever, and I'm working on one widget and I'm handing it off to you. And, like, your machine, you need to put the widget in, like, with a left, you know, coordination or something. And But I give it to you with a right one every time. And, like, you can do it, but there's just not, like, it's not – doesn't mesh it doesn't go well together um if you have a file system and you're like hey i have, mine's color-coded but i'm giving it to you alphabetical you know like yes you can still file those papers but it's not like now we're both using color coordinated files you know it's
1: not as efficient efficient as it could have been
0: right and it's like tim dravner would do his job but his job didn't always go along with what graham harrell wanted to do like now you have two people on the same page like you now to be 100 percent fair the fact that you had to do that after two years is is dumb. Like, yeah. that's stupid that that existed to begin with.
1: I mean, and the fact that USC was like, it's not a problem. No, it's not a problem. Yeah, we can do this. And then the run game performs poorly. And it's like, well, the problem was the fact our offensive line coach wasn't on the same page. It's like, okay, let's have some continuity <laughs> with your opinions, please, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think because of those factors, uh, they'll do a better job running. And I think they got a lot of flack for not running the football the last couple of years. So I think they're going to have some more emphasis on that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think they're aware of what needs to be done along the
0: same lines. Our buddy Curtis has a run game Curtis. question too. So we'll play that too. Might as well. Hey, Curtis from Moreno Valley.
1: Uh, Clay Hilton on the Tuesday press conference say that we are going to take what they give us. You're learning play. You don't have to please the student body right crowd who thinks we should just run the same play because they can't stop it. Well, it depends on what they give us. He said if they drop eight, we're going to run the ball. If they go cover one, we're going to be passing. Well, well, well. Let's stick to it. Curtis
0: from Moreno Valley. Curtis has strong opinions on things. Curtis, Especially he loves drop eight. I mean, he loves. Curtis
1: saw the BYU blueprint and it has been seared into his brain. Yes. Since then. But since he does want to see
0: them run the football more if they, you know, drop eight. Like that was a problem with the BYU game, right? Like they dropped eight and stopped the run and got after the quarterback.
1: Yeah. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't defend that, that is a yeah. problem. If your
0: five offensive linemen can't stop their three. three yeah. <laughs> Like that's a that's it's a not big, great.
1: And that's the key. You know, you need your offensive line to actually produce in that sense. And yeah. so I mean, I do think in practice we've seen improvement. It's just sometimes when you've seen the same opponents go against each other in a camp like setting, how much can you really take away from that come game day? You know, yeah. it has to be a different opponent until I can really feel confident in that.
0: I don't think they're gonna be perfect, but I think they're going to be better. Like, yeah, just, there's just, there's just like a lot of toe stubbing and a lot of like, uh, just like these little things that like would kill drives. I think they'll still have some of that, but probably not as many drives killed. And if you don't kill as many drives with dumb, you know, screw ups, yeah. you're gonna to score more points. And they, this is just, just need to score more points. Like, they're getting yards, score points.
1: And just be less predictable. I think that was such an issue is that like everyone knew in the stadium, oh, USC's about to run the ball, okay. Here's kind of yeah. the options that you're got to Christian.
0: we're gonna throw a little sweet or whatever, yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and so I think just the fact that there's more versatility or just like more variety in what the the play calling what we've seen in camp, I think that's just a big, big improvement in itself, you know, I think this team is talented, they just need to put it together,
0: yeah. All right. well those are our voicemails so okay we got some emails now
1: we got an email from Stephen Poway it said I love Ryan's post-practice interview with Katie Nixon what a great character guy he's got such positive energy and enthusiasm and a love and respect for the game and his teammates I've got to think that no matter what his contribution is on the field this year he's gonna be a fantastic contributor to the team chemistry I'll be sharing for him the rest of the season your thoughts Steve and Poway
0: he's he's one of my guys you know I like uh, I like me some Katie Nixon um wasn't as impressed in the spring as I was to fall, I think he's come along. Um, he had some, some good answers when I talked to him about, you know, helping everyone out, but he's like, we can all help each other out. Like just cause he's, you know, he's the oldest guy. He's a senior. Like nobody else is close. Um, but he'll, he's going to help the freshmen. He's going to help like the Joseph Manjacks of the world. But if he's like, if I can learn something from Drake London, I'm definitely doing it. If I can learn something from one of our walk-on receivers, I'm going to do it. So uh, I think he has a good attitude about all that. We'll get to see him for sure on special teams. Maybe he makes a big play that can uh, carry over into you know in the receiving role. And I, you know, I think he's one of those guys that's not listed as a starter, but um, or is he? No, he's not. Right? He's a he's a back, he's listed. Katie Nixon? No, yeah. he's not listed. He's behind um, Taj Washington. Yeah, so he's going to get some opportunities. Different receiver than Taj Washington, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, we'll see.
1: I mean, I, I've heard you know if you look at the the wide receiver roster, he's the oldest guy in the room, even though he, sure. he's yeah. new. And so I've heard that he's a good chemistry guy in the room just because he's older. He has experience and he can kind of help glue the team together with Drake London in that sense. So I yeah. think
0: when I interviewed him, so a lot of times we're doing interviews with cameras and i had started the interview, just me and him. So we're talking and like, you know, I'm holding the camera up and a lot of times they'll look at you while you're talking. He knows enough to like, look at the camera. It's like trying, he's like basically trying to help you out. Like I'll look at the camera instead of you. Um, and then like another reporter came up and he started talking to to him, but then he would still try to but he wasn't recording on camera. it was just a regular audio recording, and so then he tried to keep looking at my camera just so he was at it was like that he was conscious of that, you know, like there's there's some guys that are pretty media savvy and he's one of them.
1: I feel like this is a very like kind group this year. I feel like very just in the interviews, they've been really kind and just trying to like help us out and help us do our job, which is really appreciated. It's just it nice. sounds like
0: they miss being like interviewed like this, too. You know, it, like,
1: maybe that's a product of that. Yeah, it's just interesting. It's nice to have some like interaction between them besides just zooming all the time. Yeah. You know? We had a question from Eric in Duck Country who says, Ryan and Keeley, will San Jose State be a good test for the Trojans to see if things have really changed? Thanks.
0: I think it's a great way to put it. Like, um, yeah, I think if, it, yeah, if they do win by three touchdowns, you're probably going to see some things that look different. Now, here's the problem. Like, say they go out and win by 24 points or something. People are like, oh, it's San Jose State. They're terrible, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to actually be pretty good this year. I don't think they'll win the Mountain West again, but, um, you know, they got a shot. Yeah, I think if they look good um, – and it's just – what did you take away from UCLA, like, you know, just thumping Hawaii? Like, that that game could have been, like, eight or nothing if they wanted it to. They sort of took their foot off the gas. Like, I want to see this team be able to come out early, like maybe like you did against Washington State last year, but not, like, just back off. Like, you know, go out there and, and put up more points. If you – you know, you get an opportunity to play a lot more receivers, let them make plays. Does Jackson Dart get in? That that could be like the, the the canary in the um coal mine. in the coal mine. Does Jackson Dart play by choice, not because of necessity?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, historically USC has not done great at getting no. its backup quarterback garbage time. No. We always mention it. Max Brown, first real reps, came against Alabama, yeah. <laughs> in the opener. So if they can, that would be great for USC's development.
0: Yeah, I mean. Way back, even like that, that, you're talking about the group of five teams that did better like the year before, like the Western Michigan game in 2017. Like this was the chance for Jake Olsen to come on the field and snap. And it took like a late interception for a touchdown for that to even happen. Like this is a team you should have handled. So if they can handle this team and and Jackson Dart gets in, uh, I think that's a good sign.
1: Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, We got a question from Andy from Calgary, Alberta. Who says, hey, Keely and Ryan, has there been any info on what ticket sales look like for Saturday's game and also season ticket sales in general? Thanks and fight on Andy.
0: Hey, Andy, I think I said someone asked before and I was supposed to check and I haven't got a, I didn't, maybe <laughs> Ryan, I'll try. Uh,
1: I've heard good things. I have not heard any numbers, so yeah. I'm hesitant to say anything for sure, but I know that USC at least felt good about where they were at.
0: The problem is the county's not helping. No, not at all because there's a lot of USC fans that do not want to wear a mask in the Coliseum when you're outdoors. And, you know, it's good. They did some things like adding beer sales and stuff like that's positive, but now it's going to take long. And Mike Bones said so much in his letter, that like, basically like, yeah, you can't tell get on campus, um, you know, for you have the to, time being. Yeah. For right now. Uh, yeah. You got to wear a mask at the Coliseum. Yeah. It's going to take you a long time to get into the stadium there's unfortunately it's like at a time where you want you want to entice people and there's still hoops you gotta jump through i mean you, you know? can't
1: get around it we're still in a pandemic right that's the issue right i mean, it's not, it's, I'm it's not, saying not saying US it's usc's fault, fault. Yeah, no. yeah yeah it's just it's difficult time to have a mega event yeah but if you, you want to
0: yeah if you want to do those kind of things it's like well there's going to be people that are just like eh, i'm not going to bother like the whole point was I like to go to the Psycho Gate on, you know, the middle of Truesdale on campus and watch the band and it's like that's a big part of people's game day experience. Yeah. So, not just going in and seeing the game and having Wi-Fi and being able to buy beer, like those are nice things, but there's bigger things that are kind of out of USC's control. We'll see. I don't know. My guess is the Stanford game. Probably won't allow on-campus tail. I don't think much is going to change from week one to week two. It's not like they're testing out the tailgating. Um, but, you know, maybe after that, you know, there'll be a road game and, and maybe you'll, you'll have the opportunity to get on campus again. You've had a few weeks of students on campus for class. And you know, we were down there, like we were in a classroom, um, like I yeah. said, this week. It seemed like everything was going smooth. Like it was a, a big auditorium and only like 30 people in there. They had limited the class size and stuff. So... Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But may, yeah, I doubt it's changing before Stanford, but maybe everyone can tailgate on campus after that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we have uh, a longer email, and it's from Mark. And I believe from the certain tone in sass. it's Mark Watkins from Tunnel Vision. Uh, he's a, a familiar yes. commenter. He says, hey, Ryan and Keeley, was going to ask about this on Tunnel Vision, but since you haven't had a show in a while, I thought I'd ask here. In s- instead, was Keeley put in charge of picking captains this year? No, seriously, though. Keaton Slovis losing his captaincy to a punder is an indication that the players no longer believe uh, that he's an elite football player? is a question mark. Uh, he's never been a natural-born leader, but was voted captain last year for the same reason Drake London was this year, and guys like Sam Darnold and Marquise Lee were in the past because their teammates believed they were stud football players. Have any players singled out Keaton for praise during post-practice practice interviews this camp? When Darnold was here, you'd hear unsolicited praise from his receivers in interviews all the time, and from defensive players talking about how difficult it was to go against a QB like him. Now, the only offensive player. Defensive guys seem to bring up is Drake London. Nobody even mentions the guy who's supposed to be a Heisman Trophy contender at QB. That can be a great sign, right? Am I just reading into this way too much, or should we all temper our expectations for Keaton this year? Teammates are usually some of the best judges of who's a dude and who's not Mark.
0: Hey, Mark, I would guess probably reading a little bit too much into that, but there's, I mean, there's some elements of like, oh, you know, it is interesting that he wasn't named the captain, but... He's just, his personality is a little bit different. I mean, it, I think it's similar to Sam's where like, you know, he wasn't in there, you know, jumping up on a table and, and yelling at everybody. I think that's Lovis too. I think we've heard unsolicited, and I think that's the key, unsolicited praise. Like if you were going to say, when we talk to defensive backs or we talk to wide receivers, like when you ever ask the question about like, who's the young guys that have stood out? Like you don't need to ask about Joseph Manjak. People were just bringing his name up, um, you know, People are going to bring up Drake London's name, you yeah. know. I feel like they've brought up Keaton's name too. They have. I mean, they definitely yeah. have. I think there's been unsolicited, maybe not to the same level, but some of it's just assumed, right? Because he's like the he's starting the quarterback. Starter, yeah, yeah like, he's like, if he was like his first year starting, they're like, oh man, the the Slovis kid looks great or whatever. Like,
1: because because the assumption is that people don't know. Whereas people know that he's the starting quarterback, he's yeah. the like leader, whether or not he has the captainship, you know? So, I mean, I I will say I have been in interviews where guys bring up Keaton and say that he's done a great job, or like guys like Michael Jackson or, or Joseph Manjack, like Keaton's worked one-on-one with them after practice and like gotten chemistry with them. And Manjack mentioned, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Jackson mentioned how in PRPs, uh, Keaton made sure to stay late and, and help guys. So I think it's a reflection of more of what we said that Keenan Silvis is more a little isolated. He's just kind of likes to do his own thing a little bit, which is yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. Everyone has their different personality, but I think in the terms of being a captain of a team, it doesn't really help your case. I would say.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think that's fair. It's like, you, there's a whole bunch of, I mean, you have to be true to who you are. Yeah. Like if you're like, Hey, I'm the, like if Clay Helton was like, I'm going to turn into Ed Orgeron and like yell and scream. And get, it's like, People are going to say that's not genuine. That's disingenuous. Now, he yells a little bit more than he was doing before, but you have to be true to yourself. And you're the quarterback. Like If you're like, well, as a quarterback, I need to be this person. I have to have this personality. Like People are going to know that that's fake.
1: And we've heard that before from certain players who have gotten starting roles or something or have wanted more of a, a bigger role on the team. They kind of evolve into something that guys are like, you weren't always like this. And that kind of rubs people the wrong way. So I think for team chemistry's sake, I think it's better that if Keen's just being himself, he stays himself rather than tries to be something that he's not. And that just messes up the chemistry. 100%.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Mark, for that one. We'll see you you on television tonight, hopefully. Yeah,
1: hopefully. Uh, we got a question from our buddy Dan, class of 1962, who says, hey, Ryan and Keely, it's so great to have you both back together on the podcast. While I enjoy the other USC podcasts, it's always great to hear you because you compliment each other so well. Look at that, Ryan.
0: See, I do compliment you. <laughs> okay. Now, you said like I only complimented you when I was like N- talk
1: not, to... No, not with an I, with an E. Huh? Like compliment, like, oh. like a duo, oh, not should... like a... <laughs> oh, I thought not we were
0: like, like... complimenting. No. <laughs> Goodness me. You should compliment me more, I think.
1: Uh, Also, thanks for the kind (laughs) comment about Oliver. The difference between the SEC and the Pac-12 is pretty obvious. The SEC looks forward to growing their brand, and the Pac-12 tends to be rooted in the past. USC needs to think like Texas and Oklahoma and do what is best for their brand if it wants to be relevant on the national football stage again. USC, along with Oregon and possibly Washington, and Oregon need to move to the Big Ten. The non-football sports will always find a home either in the Big Ten or as part of a unique group of schools, like they do for water polo. Just think forward and not backwards. Final and win, Dan, class of nineteen sixty-two.
0: Hey Dan, uh, so I, I mean, I think USC needs to explore all options, and I think the Big Ten is a great option because they've already like fixed the the revenue problem. They're going to redo their deal before the Pac-12 does. They're going to give them more money. So you can jump into a great spot there if you feel like that's what's best for the program. But now that the alliance exists, um, now there's nothing written, but I think it might be tougher for the Big Ten to poach Pac-12 schools because, you know, there's that alliance thing, the handshake agreement. Uh, The Big 12 looks like it's making some news. Like they might add, uh, I think it was like uh, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston, I believe. Um, so it looks like that's a four, like the athletic was reporting like a four team thing. So there might be some more, um, you know, conference realignment stuff happening with the big 12, trying to stay alive. Uh, cause they're basically on life support. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, th- I think you're going to wait and see kind of what happens a little bit down the road, you know, USC Mike bone can hear what George Klayoff pitch is. And it's like, if I don't think the pitch is going to be, you make the same as Oregon state, like it was before. If it's really good, they might stay. If it's not as good, they should yeah, you know, I think they should explore all options anyway, but yeah, you know, maybe they would leave. So I don't know. But I think it's harder now with the Alliance.
1: Well, we have another question about this. It's actually our final question for the pod. It's from John in Oakland, who says, Hello, Parastyle Podcast. A recent media discussion on the ACC Big Ten Pac-12 Alliance pointed out a true scheduling alliance doesn't really do much for the three conferences. The 40 teams in these conferences are already scheduling at least one non-conference Power 5 team. They said a three-conference scheduling alliance only made sense if there was a hard prohibition on regular games with SEC teams, thus ensuring room for Alliance team games with along with one or two group 5 tune-up games. Your thoughts, Fight On John in Oakland.
0: Hey John, so they made it pretty clear that there wasn't going to exclude the SEC, so they could they could schedule other Power 5 programs outside of the alliance. And there's I don't think there's any way you could do that. There's long stand, you know, the you know the the Clemson South Carolina game, you don't want that to go away. The Georgia Georgia Tech game, like there's traditional games you just don't want to get rid of. So I don't think that's the, the only reason that would make it cool. I think it's, you know, being able to pit and, and maybe not doing these games 10 years in advance where, say, Miami gets better than Clemson and, say, Michigan's better than Ohio State. Like, you know, maybe we move that... Maybe it's Miami and Michigan are going to play each other this year. Like, they can... They can do it later in the process if they have some of these like agreements in place. So I think there's still beneficial the benefits there, but it's gonna take a long time. There's a lot of contracts and things like that. Um, But yeah, John, I think there's more benefits than to just say we're not playing the SEC and excluding them. I I don't think you want to. I don't think that would make a ton of sense. But yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. well, good stuff.
1: Good stuff, Mr. Abraham. Now
0: we gotta get ready for uh, Tunnel Vision vision tonight. Even though
1: we don't have the song anymore. Uh, i just stopped stop singing on the podcast <laughs> i don't know why oh, you're a good you have a good voice i do not no
0: you have way better voice than me It was shocking what was i i was uh somewhere i think it was like after i was coaching volleyball or something afterwards and came over and they were like you sound like an announcer i'm like oh yeah i'm going to go do a podcast or something i was like oh really I'm like yeah. i'm like i don't know maybe just like talk that way after a while after doing these for maybe. so long yeah i don't think i have a great Radio voice or anything, but whatever. Give a radio face. <laughs> radio face for <laughs> sure. Kidding, oh man, Keely's just tough on me today.
1: Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I deserve
0: to be fair. Come on, I, I gotta deserve troll you. every shot that you could give me for the next however long because
1: it's incredible. I've,
0: I've given plenty.
1: Plenty, yes. But you
0: don't want to be. Taking shots at people if you can't take them yourself, you know, like that's fine. So, like, I
1: understand your. I problem. can't
0: get mad if someone's going to. I make fun a lot. I poke fun. You do. You that's something troll. I do. So, mm-hmm. if you're going to take a shot at me, I have to be able to say, "Yep, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That was good." <laughs>
1: thank you. See? Exactly. <laughs> well.
0: All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, that is Keely. Your I am Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. By the way, thank you so much for all of those awesome five star yeah. reviews. Y'all are great. And thanks to Trader Joe's for uh, giving us those. gift cards. Awesome, awesome sauce. So we love it. Uh, Thanks again. And uh, make sure you go check out usafootball.com. Tons of content going up uh, every hour. It's just been insane. So thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple.